The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Celtics podcast presented by Hoopball. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury, here with Lucas Gaynor as my co-host on this fine Saturday evening, afternoon, slash wherever you are, it doesn't matter, because by the time you're hearing this, it's probably not going to be Saturday. But how are you doing today, Lucas? All right. I think he's having some technical You know, I cannot complain. <laughs> nope, I'm right here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Are we good? Yeah, yeah, I got you. What? How's your day going, man? All right, we're off to a racing start. Well, honestly, now that Marcus Smart and Robert Williams are locked up and secured to be Celtics for the next three to four seasons, I could not be a happier man. How about yourself, Patrick? Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to go into today's episode. We have a lot to go through. A lot of things have been happening. Brad Stevens has been very, very active this offseason, and just landing, man, just landing a lot of things that uh, I've been impressed with, but uh, before we jump into anything else there, make sure you guys go and check out the show. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts at the Hoopball Celtics Podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating, review, you know, check us out there. Tell your friends, get us going out there. And then also check us out on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Ballin Opinions. You can also um, follow Lucas on Twitter at what's your Luca. At? Luca underscore Gainer. That's L-U-C-A underscore G-A-Y-N-O-R. Yes, and then also follow the show on Twitter at Hoopball Celtics for any episode releases and everything like that. Share it with your friends, family, loved ones, and even people you dislike just so that they, they get those ratings up for us. But yeah, man, uh, what a what an off season. This, this thing seems like it's as soon as you think things are about to slow down, it just starts picking back up again and uh, honestly, uh, what do you what are your first thoughts of Brad Stevens in this GM position so far? So I was staunch in my belief uh, from the jump that I thought Brad Stevens was genuinely better suited, uh, you know, for this role as opposed to coaching, um, because he could really, you know, let his basketball genius nerd side out as far as team building and uh, team construction and lineup construction and stuff, um, and you know, not have to deal with as much of the player managing. Yeah, no, man. Uh, I'm I'm excited for Brad Stevens. I don't know if you're still there. It sounds like you're going in and out, but uh, Brad Stevens has done a phenomenal job for me personally. I think he's done a good job of clearing up cap space, bringing in veteranships, getting some favorable deals, extending offers to current players. I thought he's done a phenomenal job of just navigating the GM position to this point. We obviously have to still see how that plays out on the court. You know, you can make all the good plays on paper and everything that, but if it don't mesh, then it don't mesh and you're still going to get slander for it. So um, I'm very interested to see how that goes. Uh, The first thing, a topic uh, is, you know, overall we're going to just give some final thoughts on that summer league and also bringing up that Romeo Langford ended up hurting that wrist in that last game of summer league, um, what are you? What are your thoughts on Romeo Langford uh, getting hurt again? You know, it's really, uh, it's really disappointing, frankly. Um, it's the same wrist, different ligament that he hurt. 
and I don't really view that as a uh, you know inspiring thing that it's not the same injury that it's just something else in the same wrist that is just as concerning as if it was the same ligament to me honestly um, you know I just hope it's not that serious and Romeo can come back and you know impact uh, off the bench this year and make himself a rotation player but you know, it's, it's, it's harder and harder to see that with his injury history, especially in the shooting risk, because, you know, shooting is one of the most important things he's going to have to do for us. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a known believer of Romeo Langford, and, you know, it's coming to a point where I'm going to have to swallow my own words, you know? I, I think it's, it's almost there. I feel like if he, he may never crack the Celtics rotation if he can never get healthy or stay on the court because – the best type of, you know, thing to have a skill for a player is being available. And he has not been available. He's constantly getting injured again. And um, I've been, you know, a clear person of like, I think Romeo Lankford could take a jump this year. I mean, he was like a guy that I was really high on, you know, going to have a full off season, have the opportunity to really shine in the summer league and, it just has not gone the way I had imagined it, and it's it's a little worrisome. I think he's a guy that the Celtics are going to probably look to move on from uh, at some point because honestly, the the injury the injuries are just continuing to stack up against him. Yeah, no disagreements from me there. I think the uh, it was a Spinosaur experiment, I guess. You know, the upside is always there, but it just doesn't. Uh, appear he's going to fully pan out to, you know, be the lottery talent he was drafted to be. Um, with that being said, I don't think he's completely out forever. You know, there may be a role for him where he plays, you know, some defense, spot-up shooting. But uh, as far as being, uh, like, a, you know, a significant uh, rotation contributor, I, I think that window is probably closed. Because we saw some other guys at Summer League who really stepped up, you know, guys like Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard, who was arguably the best player at Summer League, in my opinion. Um, you know, so there's a lot of younger guys who did step up, uh, who haven't been injured, who I think are going to take those minutes that are sitting. Yeah, I mean, some of those other guys you mentioned that kind of shined was Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith. Uh, I mean, some people might try to push back on the Peyton Pritchard was the best after he ran into a Davion Mitchell, but we won't put salt on a sore wound like that uh, too much here. But a guy who I really want to highlight on is Aaron Neesmith. You know, in the first game, he just wasn't hitting the shots. You know, it, it is what it is. He had a bat, poor shooting outing as that first game of the summer league. But as he progressively went through, um, I just noticed that he's shown, he's shown a lot more ability to score at three levels. He's driven to the basket, getting contested layups, finishing strong. He's gone into the mid-range, hitting tough shots, contested over people. He's knocking down three-pointers. He's playing good on the defensive end. He's rebounding. He looks a lot more comfortable. I know it's summer league, so it's, you know, can't you can only take it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, a lot of things that we saw from Aaron Neesmith in the summer league is really encouraging. And there's kind of like this hype around him right now of people trying to be like, hey, maybe he cracks the starting rotation. Maybe he's somebody they consider starting at some point. Um, and I'm honestly not against that. I think uh, Aaron Neesmith could be in for a pretty big year if he can transition this this summer league, you know, confidence and put it into the regular season. Yeah, you know, I'm right there with you. I think the Celtics can go a, a multitude of different ways uh, when it comes to, you know, deciding the backcourt for their starting lineup. Um, and I think Neesmith is more than a uh, capable candidate to fill that role. You know, guys like will be competing with guys like Josh Richardson, Dennis Schroeder, and potentially even Peyton, uh, Peyton himself. 
um, because Peyton would add a lot of much-needed shooting uh, in that backcourt because, you know, Marcus and Schroeder or maybe Marcus and Jay Rich doesn't provide that shooting, whereas Neesmith and uh, Pritchard both do. So I would say that's definitely something to keep an eye on. And also, no, I don't really want to talk about the championship game that much besides uh, Davion Mitchell is awesome. That's pretty much – those are all awesome. well, – We'll give we'll give Davian Mitchell his flowers. He's a he's a stud on the defensive end and, and really just a, a classic uh, you know three uh, a really good defensive player that that can score the ball as well. Um, but yeah, the Kings really got a good player at, with Davion Mitchell, and I'm excited to see him grow there. Um, but also, we we wanted to go into some um, some extension talks here that have happened. Obviously, locking up Marcus Smart for the foreseeable future here. Um, I, I'll let Lucas go ahead and and take off with this one because I'm sure he's really excited to talk about it. And Patrick, you, you know, you know me very well because I was clapping um, behind the mic on mute here. I love this deal for smart. Uh, you get him four for 77 million. Uh, you definitely, in my opinion, get him on lower than market value. Um, it does escalate in uh, average annual value. You know, it starts at around 17 million, then goes to 18 and a half, and then up to 19.9 and then 21.3. So uh, it gives us a little more flexibility in these next uh, two years, you know, as opposed to just paying 20 flat um, throughout four years. We do 77 and kind of give ourselves a little more room. Uh, personally, I love this move. I think that Ime, this really proves that what Ime said about Marcus being a part of our core, uh, it proves that, you know, he locked him up. He gave him some good money. It's the max extension. We could have given it to him. Um, and also, you know, an underrated thing to think about is that this deal, this contract has a trade kicker. And for those who aren't familiar with trade kickers, they're usually 5, 10, or 15%. Um, and basically, you either take 5, 10, or 15% of the player's contract when they're traded, and it increases that much. Uh, so, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about this being, you know, maybe a tradable contract. And while I think it certainly is a tradable contract, uh, I think it is more about, you know, growing the team organically and keeping them here. Uh, that's what, you know, that trade kicker says to me. And personally, I love that because I'm on record multiple times saying how much I love Marcus. He adds a ton of value, and I can't wait to see uh, him under uh, Ime and the new coaching staff this year uh, as a part of our, you know, pretty long-term future. Yeah, I, I think with the Marcus Smart extension, like you, you hit on there, the trade kicker, I think it's them just fully going like, he's our guy, we want him here. I think personally, too, He's also the longest tenured Celtic. It's showing some loyalty to a guy who actually wants to play in Boston. You know, it's it's obviously in the past been hard to just get guys to stay around. You know, we we haven't been able to extend certain guys. Some guys just walk in free agency, don't want to be here anymore. So having a guy like Marcus Smart still wanting to be here, um, for me, I think he took like a hometown discount in a sense. Uh, or maybe that's just what the Celtics were willing to offer. And he was just willing to stay because he wanted to be here. Um, I think he's also – a good fit around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, and I, I believe Ime Aduku is definitely going to extend Marcus Smart to a, a higher level and push him to even be even better on the defensive side of the ball. I think there's potential for Marcus Smart to, to make an all-NBA defensive team, whether it's first or second next year. Um, you know, he's got a lot of potential behind what the staff is right now and everything that's around Marcus Smart. So I'm really happy that he got the, the four years extension Happy for him to be here. I also understand that there is a possibility, you know, down the line, even with the trade kicker, if that experiment doesn't work out, and his contract is pretty tradable. So it's it's not off the table, but I think that they want to test 
how this goes for a whole season or two first, and then they can move on from there if they decide to. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, you know, I just think that, um, you know, bringing him in here for the with the four-year, just to make this clear, this was the maximum extension the Celtics were able to offer. And, you know, this is a rare situation, I believe, where this was probably best case, uh, I think, personally, for everyone involved here. Um, because, you know, like you said, Smart maybe took, you know, a little bit of a discount, right? But it is very safe. Um, this is somewhat close to his market value, I believe. Uh, you know, you probably get maybe a little bit north of $20 million, putting him in like 85 90 range maybe um but you know if he had a poor shooting year this year say he got injured this year you know free agency would not have been the same so i think this is a great move for smart securing almost 80 million dollars for him and his family um and just you know be able to like keep building his life you know he totally deserves this contract Uh, and i think it's terrific for the Celtics because it is you know a little bit under market value and he's the leader and heart and soul of our team i know you've heard that before it definitely will not be the last time you hear it um, but I just think this is wonderful because it is so much, it's so much fun to watch a team organically grow, uh, through players that have been drafted or guys who were maybe counted out and then came here. Um, you know, I really love to see that, uh, that that's like what the Celtics are going for in the next, uh, you know, three or four years. No, absolutely. And, you know, just we'll end there on the, on the Marcus Smart thing. Something else that I wanted to bring up so we didn't forget to bring it up today was, uh, that the Evan Fournier deal ended up turning into a sign-in trade, which is actually huge because it ended up creating a TPE in that process right around $17 million. Exactly. I, I just wanted to bring up some interesting names that are that are around $17 million or less, some interesting names. I'm not saying these are guys that we're going to get or anything, but they're out there. Is a Marvin Bagley, Robert Covington, TJ Warren, Kyle Anderson, Will Barton, Malik Beasley, a Luke Kennard, um, we got Joe Ingles, Bertans, and Markel Fultz. So those are just guys that are around that area where that TPE kind of fits into. So teams end up trying to move on from a guy like that. The Celtics now have that flexibility to take somebody in through a trade. So I, I just want to say that creating that that TPE was a was a big brain play by Brad Stevens. Just you know, ending up just being a, a really good GM so far, you know? Totally. Yeah, and uh, before we move on, y'all, I'll just say thanks for bringing that up because that is a really good point, actually, because uh, we weren't really expecting that TPE. And the Celtics really uh, have been able to use TPEs like almost no other team has figured out how to use them effectively, truly. Um, so that's why I'm fine with, you know, maybe throwing away some second-round picks because we've seen before the Celtics front office be able to use these TPEs uh, to, you know, uh, our our advantage. And I will say, Patrick, only one of those names sounded realistic to me, and it's arguably my favorite name on the entire list, and that is Joe Ingles. Uh, there's some rumors that, you know, the Jazz need to shed some salary, so maybe we can send them over a guy like Carson and, you know, swap second-round picks, maybe a late, late, late future first, probably not, though. Um, and he would slide right into that trade exception. So if Celtics fans, I would keep an eye out for Joe Ingles. Um, and moving on, you know, I think that smart signing really uh, showed that the Celtics want to reestablish their defensive identity. And they did with this with yet another extension of a drafted player, uh, the Time Lord. Robert Williams signed a four-year, $53 million extension, $13.5 million a year. A very, very tradable contract. I think that is a very fair deal given Rob's talent and his upside. Uh, you know, I think he would have got paid much more in free agency after the season if we didn't extend him. So, Patrick, how do you feel about the time war sticking around for, you know, the foreseeable future?
Oh, I absolutely love this deal. I love Robert Williams. Robert Williams is, is my guy. You know, I think he changes the dynamic of the defense when he's on the court. Obviously, having rim protection in the NBA is a huge advantage for a team. And when you have a guy like Robert Williams who is so elite at being a rim protector, it's nice to have. Obviously, we have the worries. The reason why he took a deal where it's only $13 million a year is because of his injury history. Uh, we understand that. That's the only part where I'm like, the four-year thing, I get it. It's a very tradable contract, but I, I just – the length of it is is a bit is a bit worrisome if he gets hurt again. I hate to be the ifs guy or try to be downplaying his contract at all. I do like the deal in general, um, you know, because if he does work out, then the four years is just four years of some, somebody on a discount, really cheaper, and – you're going to be able to take advantage of something like that. But getting Robert Williams in here, it's it's just seeing that you, you have this core that you're setting in stone. You're like, we're committed to Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams. I think those are four good building blocks. And now you got to figure out what are going to be the pieces around it. And it's going to be interesting how Brad Steven builds it. I know he brought in some guys this year, but a lot of these guys are just one-year guys. Um, we, we want to see how the guys like Peyton Pritchard and Neesmith develop in this next regular season and moving forward. So I'm I'm just interested to see he may take Robert Williams made to a new level as well. And just also, I want Robert Williams to be able to stay healthy, man. Uh, that's a big thing for me this year. You know, Robert Williams, please just, I, I, I would do anything for him to have a full healthy season. Yeah, um, you know, I think as much as it kind of stinks to bring up, I think it is uh, a point you have to bring up is his injury history. Um, you know, yeah, we just got to pray that, you know, he stays um, in shape, you know, stays fit, um, tries as hard as he can, you know, do everything he can to, you know, keep his body healthy. Um, the Celtics brought back um, Nick Sang, I believe, um, you know, Tatum's favorite trainer, which is good to hear. So, you know, he'll probably help with Guy staying healthy, you know, he took a brief stint away from the Celtics to work for the Patriots. Um, but no, I love the Rob thing. And I think as far as, you know, he may bring him to another level. Rob's talent is through the roof. He's an amazing shot blocker. Uh, you know, he can switch. But it really what he, what he needs to improve on is just becoming a better defender. You know, don't bite on pump fakes. Be where you need to be. Don't go for every single blocked shot. Uh, and miss rebounds, you know, things like that. So I think Rob will achieve another level as long as he stays healthy playing uh, with this team and under Ime and his staff. It's almost like you're, you're saying that Rob Williams needs to work on his fundamentals, and it's crazy because we look at Ime and go, what coaching tree does he come from? <laughs> mm. It's just Popovich and a very fundamental game that they, they teach and they play. So I'm hoping that some of that, was able to get into Robert Williams. Learn he just needs to learn to let the game be a little slower. Like I feel mm-hmm. like he he plays at it thinking everything's going so fast, and I think he gets anxious a little bit. He's like, oh, I just want to block everybody. You know what? Sometimes just putting your hand up and contesting is better defense than you jumping and putting yourself out of position for potentially getting a foul or having somebody get a drop pass to him or bounce pass for an easy layup or dunk or a slash. So. Uh, Robert Williams, I'm looking for you to improve some footwork and also just discipline. You know, just get back to the fundamentals of the game and and, and take advantage of, of your abilities. You're long. you you got great defensive, natural defense abilities. So um, I think if he's a little bit more patient and works with Ime this year, I think he can, he can take another level, another leap. 
I fully agree. And uh, I think not so coincidentally, Patrick, we are echoing the same sentiment that Brad Stevens actually echoed in a press conference on Thursday. He said, uh, Brad Stevens said, quote, I want a team that Boston can really get behind. Uh, uh, Quote, a team that plays with great edge, that plays with the grit and toughness that's necessary to compete at the very, very high end, which is exactly what we're talking about here. You know, we want that grit, but we also want the fundamentals, which is part of, you know, that intensity and, you know, that defensive identity that the Celtics are attempting to reclaim here. So, uh, you know, I'm on the same page as Brad. Brad is on the same page as us. I think that is a really good sign for things moving forward. Um, And honestly, I'm just really excited to see, you know, the Celtics this year with that edge and with that grit. Um, You know, I think there's a few areas they they really need to focus on improving. Um, And honestly, a lot of it comes from trusting each other and uh, communication on the court. You know, things like taking better shots, um, you know, communication, switching on defense, uh, moving on a string all together, you know, having your rotations down. Uh, and I think Ime is the guy to make that happen. So I'm really, really excited to see the Celtics team uh, reclaim its identity that it had for so, so long. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then um, just another thing, you know, today as we're as we're podcasting right now, Marcus Smart's extension went official today, um, and he actually had a couple of comments on it. But I, I just wanted to read one of these quotes from Marcus Smart from earlier today is uh, he stated, there's nowhere else I'd rather play and no other fans I'd rather play in front of. I love Boston and Boston loves me. We've had some great moments and success in my time here, and but there's more to accomplish. So um, just hearing that statement from Marcus Smart, it's got me fired up. I, I'm pumped up for this season. I'm pumped up for these guys. I think they're going to come out this year with uh, some some motivation, some chip on their shoulder. They, you know, Last season was a lot of quick turnarounds. Uh, COVID season was very weird. They had a lot of talk around them. There wasn't meshing. Kemba Walker wasn't playing back-to-back. There was so much media noise and everything. And this year, I feel like the media is not high on them. And when they're not high on them, it's almost like they play better. They play up to a a different type of standard. They're more under the radar. They're like, okay, we want to prove ourselves. So I'm hoping that that a lot of this is is fuel and they're they're just getting – a big old fire in their belly to, to just lash out during this next. Totally. And, um, you know, I do think the Celtics play uh, better when they are underdogs. You know, that's pretty natural. And honestly, you know, Patrick, you know me. I'm not really a super green teamer. I'm also not a, a green doomer. Uh, you know, I usually am pretty in the middle. This year, I love how many people are sleeping on the Celtics. Oh, my goodness. I feel like a lot of people are going to be eating their words about Tatum, about the Celtics in about six months, you know, uh, I won't even say any team names specifically, but there are definitely some teams right now uh, that are being floated in the media as better teams than Celtic and than the Celtics. And you know, I just can't wait for the season to play out. Really, um, this is honestly going to most... tease us like that. Why don't you Why don't you drop those team names? Well, you know, let's just say uh, I reside in one of the beautiful cities of these teams, uh, and you know, I, I would never want to put anything negative out there. You know, living here, but uh, let's just say. It's very windy here, you know. Um, but, you know, I'll bring up, you know, the Knicks. All right. People talk about the Knicks being better than the Celtics. Personally, I really like what the Knicks did. You know, I think they brought in some creation, which is what they needed on the offensive end. But, uh, you know, I think the players will do the talking uh, come the season when the Celtics and the, uh, and the Knicks match up. That's what I have to say. I hope that doesn't come back to bite me because the Knicks were awesome <laughs> last year. But uh, I really don't think it's a competition. I think we have the best player on the team. Are on the floor, arguably, I think we have the best two players, if not three. You know, that's getting spicy, but uh, 
You know, I just I just want people to keep sleeping on the Celtics because they will for sure be woken up. They will for sure be woken up. No, I, I definitely like being the underdog, and, and the underdog story and the Cinderella stories are always better anyways. Um, but we do have guys that have a lot of experience, man. Like Marcus Marks is a veteran. You know, Tatum and Brown have plenty of playoff experience. Like these guys know how to grind out wins. And I, I think there's a lot of potential for people to, you know, to be shocked. I mean, they, undermine the Celtics that's fine you know we'll go under the radar I think the Celtics are going to have a more established season than people think we have a higher opportunity to do a lot better than people are imagining but we're also going to break that down um next week Lucas and I are going to be breaking down the full schedule that has came out for the NBA we're going to do the first half of the season to the all-star break and then uh we'll, we'll give us our our takes on what we think their record will be and then we'll, exactly. we'll yeah, go I was in the second say, episode. Can I, yeah. can I interrupt you here? Let's, so should we should we pick uh, win loss each game? You know, I think that would be yes, a really yes. fun I activity. Think, okay. I think we're definitely going to do that. So wonderful. All I, right, I that's think, something. I, I say we speed through the schedule, and then we just say who we think is going to win. Right, right, right. You know, we always. I just remember we have to factor in the revenge game narrative. Is my favorite of all narratives in basketball. So you know, revenge games will be things. Uh, also, some some talk of maybe doing you know the back to backs. We I will I will hear right. to some people right now that the the Celtics actually have the most back to backs out of every NBA team at 15. No other team has 15 back to back games this season. And uh, yeah, there's so, a couple other schedule things. Uh, for sure, we can get into next week, um, you know, about miles traveled and all the things like that. That uh, honestly, Celtics fans, I will be completely honest, you won't be super excited to hear some of these things because they are negatives. Um, but, you know, there's some positives as well, like, you know, maybe a lot of national TV games, but we will fully get into that uh, next Full week. Full schedule on, breakdown on next Tuesday. Week, yes. On Tuesday and Thursday, those two shows will be. Yep. Um, but yeah, as far as uh, that goes, I think that kind of does it for everything here. Did we want to open up the floor today for people to come up and ask questions, or did yeah. you want to just? I mean, uh, just before, just before you, uh, just before you do that, I just want to say that the immense joy I was brought by this Marcus Smart extension—that was one of the happiest days I've ever had related to basketball. Oh my goodness, this man is locked up. The haters will not prosper. And then on the other hand, the Rob Williams, I didn't really even get this out there. The Rob Williams thing kind of came out of nowhere for me personally. I don't know if it came out of nowhere for you, but I just saw it on my phone while I was at work. And I was like, oh, okay, Brad. You know, I love it. But that one kind of came out of nowhere. Brad's definitely been busy, man. He has not – I don't think he's slept much this offseason. He, he seems like he's been doing a, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, work in the, in the office there. He's, he's definitely put on that GM pants and, and said, let's do this. How's it going, Ben, man? Welcome on. What's up, guys? How you doing? It's good, man. Doing good. Doing great. Um, yeah, so first of all, obviously, um, great offseason for Brad. I think his first offseason at GM. I think he's done a really good job. I was one of those people who was pretty optimistic about it, and I'm glad I was mostly right so far. We'll see if he keeps uh, sort of giving us what we want. I like the the kind of the the locking up smart and Rob Will, you know, he's not messing around. I will say though, my question is like, and I know Lucas loves smart and I I love smart too. I'd love him to be on the team when they win a championship because I think he'd be a, a huge part of that. But um, it seems to me like if we are going to get, which I don't think we necessarily have to, but if we are going to go for a Beal, 
feels like Smart might sign this deal just to get traded next season. I hate to say it, but what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's not the most unlikely thing of all time. You know, I think that's something we have to consider, but, you know, um, that's a bridge, Ben, as a Marcus Smart uh, fan that I'm going to cross, you know, when we come to it. But I do think that, yeah, for sure, uh, Smart would be included. It would be Smart and Rob, honestly. Romeo, probably some picks. If Bradley wants to force his way out, that's probably the uh, package that'll get it done. If he wants to come to Boston, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I also think that those extensions now put Marcus Smart and Robert Williams in the money range to kind of package together for a superstar. So instead of having to gut out a lot of the roster, we only have to really package two to three guys now, and, and we can kind of move on from them and then throw in some picks. I think that's very possible. But I have noticed what Brad Stevens did is that he's committed to these guys now, but he's also put in the flexibility. If it doesn't work out, they're on favorable contracts that he can also move on from. So it's not like he just committed and is in a bad position for commitment. He's in a commitment situation where he can also pivot out of it. So, so he, ha- he created an exit door, which I love. Yeah, I have one more follow-up question about that, actually. Um, I think the Celtics, I think everyone can agree, they're probably going to like surprise a lot of people just because there's a lot of people who obviously just love to hate on the Celtics. So they have one crappy year with a lot of, adversity and you know for a lot of teams it's not even a crappy year you still make the playoffs but whatever um but my question for you is if the celtics are i think they'll be competitive next year but if the celtics you know overachieve even what we expect and get like a two seed and like make the conference finals and like maybe you know have a shot to make the finals like they make a really really great run smart and rob will are, are big and you know this would be amazing but if rob williams is healthy if those two contribute like heavily to like a really good team next year, do you think Brad just says we don't need to go for a guy like Beal and we just keep building around Tatum and Brown? Because I think that's just as effective an avenue in the long run, possibly. But you- yeah, no, I think that if the Celtics, you know, go to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, this year and they really, you know, exceed expectations and come within a few games of the finals, or God forbid, make the finals. I think you need to rethink. You have to rethink trading those guys for Beal, for sure. Because if your team was already that good this year against the competition that is in the East, uh, I think, yeah, it is going to be, you know, you're going to have to think a little differently about the future. You know, growing organically might be the best. Yeah, I agree. I appreciate it. Yeah, I also think that a lot of it's on the table there. I do think that uh, Brad Stevens – has he's gonna have he put himself in position to kind of be in in different avenues so there's so many different pathways for him to go and that's why i think that his gm stint so far has just been great because he's he's just covered all bases if he succeeds then he could just keep running with it if he doesn't succeed then he can he has the avenues to pivot out of it pretty easily you know so i just think that brad stevens in general is is doing a good job to put himself and the Celtics organization to be in the best position to compete in the future. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. Of course, man. Yeah, thanks thanks for always always on, appreciate man. you coming up, man. Yeah. Yes, sir. Anybody else have any any questions or uh, want to come up and ask a question live here? Um, go ahead and request. But it um, looks like the most consensus is, yeah, I, we both are, are pretty – solid on the fact that we think Brad Stevens has done a, a really good job and, and has opened up the door for a lot of different possibilities. 
Uh, he's been terrific, uh, honestly. Been, you know, even better than I can ask for, honestly. And I thought he was going to be terrific at the job, and he's done even better than I could have imagined. So, I think that I think that's it for us, Patrick. Uh, anything yeah, else? Yeah, man. Add? It looks like, um, you know, um, not not much, man. I'm excited to uh, to go over the schedule next week with Lucas and uh, be Lucas. Are definitely going to try to be a lot better with uh, pushing out some more content. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we're excited for the season coming up and. You know, go Celtics, man. Uh, make sure to go ahead and, and follow us on uh, social media, on Twitter. Also, don't forget to follow the show at Hoopball Celtics. You can follow us on Spotify. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and a review. Put something in there. You know, um, I'm also thinking of possibly doing um, a, a gift card giveaway for reviews um, once opening Ooh. night comes. I'm going to probably run it to the All-Star break or something. Thinking about doing like a hundred dollar gift card to um, you know a, a select place of some sort. The funniest, so, re- the funniest review, or maybe you know somebody yeah, who just roasts my, we'll just somebody play, who roasts we'll my other the in best there. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, something, something funny like that. I think. Yeah, yeah we'll I'll definitely be, do something. Totally I, I, I think we're going to do some giveaways to try to see um, how many more reviews we can get there, just so we can help us grow the show and everything like that, and also give the chance to to the listeners to to get something out of it you know and also other than just the content i know the content's good and but also we want to be able to to give back to the people who support us and i think that's something that we can we can definitely look into doing totally and on on that note i'll just say i appreciate everybody who shows up here on spotify green room uh every week you know we're gonna try and do tuesday thursday next week um like pat said you know we're gonna try and be a little more consistent here for everybody but genuinely appreciate everyone showing up every time, man. It means the world to me. Um, I really appreciate it. But with that, Patrick, I hope you enjoy your Saturday night, man. Yeah, you too, Lucas. Um, it's it's going to be great. Uh, I hope everybody has a, a great rest of their Saturday and have a safe weekend. Thank you guys all for stopping by. Yeah. Right. Talk to you Tuesday.